Microphone check, one, two, what is this? It's the five foot seven assassin in the podcast business. I am your host, Rohan Patra, the rap music plug at your service. Here we are again at the end of the rainbow. In my opinion, one of the greatest things about art is that it's contextual. It's temporal, meaning that a particular album, for instance, could not only make different people feel different things, as many of us acknowledge, but can even make the same person feel different things once the context surrounding their experience with the album changes. So with that in mind, I'll rewind to a few weeks back where I was reviewing the past year's slew of releases to prepare for this year-end episode. I was scrolling through my iTunes library in chronological order, scanning key albums and songs for consideration, and arrived at the period of 2022 summer, where Larry June and Rock Marciano's latest releases, two records that I played the most by far during that period of time, jumped off the proverbial page. So prior to, let's say, December of last year, these two albums used to make me feel so good, bringing me back to the glory days of the literal best period of time that I've experienced so far in my life. I had just moved to Toronto, nothing but exciting opportunities and experiences seemingly were coming my way with ease. Weather was flawless. I was as financially secure as I'd ever been. And I met someone great that I was having a ton of fun with. But in that moment, a few weeks back, as I was scrolling my iTunes library and my eyes glazed over those two album covers, my chest immediately tightened up, feeling this clear physical response of discomfort and anxiety in my body. Because unlike before, the realities of my life have changed. My work life is quite stressful right now. That great person I met is no longer in my life anymore. For all intents and purposes, the Toronto honeymoon is over. So two albums that used to make me feel like a boss, like I'm living a life of happiness and effortless abundance is all around me now makes me feel completely different, serving as a stark reminder of what I've lost. Now, although this particular illustration is a painful one for me, this dynamic is actually why I love talking about music so much, and why I hope you, the listener, choose to tune into this show almost every Wednesday of the year, because the amount of perspectives and feelings one can have with a piece of music is truly endless. It's this concept of subjectivity and context dependence that can make anyone's relationship with any piece of music uniquely their own and worth exploring. Uncovering the why behind not only the artist's creative decisions, but the listener's response to said piece of music as well, is why I find this space of music commentary so fascinating. Therefore, in celebration of music and the discussion of beautiful art, I welcome you to the third annual RMPPs. The Rap Music Plug podcast presented by QLC TV is the remedy to the I don't have anything good to listen to problem. Through in-depth album and song reviews, as well as artist interviews and general rap commentary sprinkled in between on all of what the mainstream and underground rap scenes have to offer, This is your one-stop shop to knowing what to add to your queue, play next, or pop into your record player. Welcome to the show. The third installment of the RMPP Awards will cover my favorite music of this past year. So as a necessary reminder, whenever lists are involved, I want to make this clear. There's no objectivity here. This is all my subjective, personal preference related to music I heard this year. And while I certainly listen to a fuck ton of music in 2022, I didn't catch everything. So there's surely something great that I simply did not get the chance to listen to and will therefore be missing from this list. But if there's something great you think I missed that I should definitely hear, hit me up on Twitter or Instagram and let me know. So 
I'll be discussing the following award categories in this order, starting with my favorite musical discoveries of 2022, my favorite hook, feature, beat, and song of the year. And then finally, I'll transition to my choice for producer of the year, rapper of the year, and then finally, my top albums of 2022. So starting with my favorite musical discoveries of the year, this won't have a winner per se. I'm just going to list these people out because I'm just very happy to have found their music this year. So first up, we have Raz Fresco, Teddy Faley, Larry June, Guy Scuvara, Infinity Knives, Brian Ennels, and Mike Shab. Thank you guys. You guys made a very big impact on me in this year, and I can't wait to see what you guys got cooking up in this year. So moving to Hook of the Year. There were a lot of great contenders here. First nominee, I have Vince Staples with When Sparks Fly. Next, I have Elucid with Spelling, Scissors, Snooze, AJ Swade and Televangels, 5 times 10 Billy Woods and Messiah Music's Pollo Rico. I have Sadistic and Knows Where You Want Me. And then finally, Larry June's Things You Do. And the winner for Hook of the Year is Vince Staples, When Sparks Fly. Not only does Vince deliver a spectacular take on the gun is a person concept in rap that's been done before, he not only writes in a way that articulates the dual meaning of gun slash girl, but the song plays on one hand as a dark and somber feeling track, but then also plays as a beautifully sensual and romantic love song punctuated by this unfucking believable hook, which is a sample from a 2016 song by an artist named Leaves or Lives, and it's just goddamn perfect i really can't say enough just how amazing this hook really is now moving to best rap in a supporting role i have first up def c on blood money perez and messiah music's face of death next i have prem rock on aj suede and televangels watch out billy woods on prem rock's bardo lungs on fatboy sharif and no faces john hinckley and Finally, Breeze Bruin on Billy Woods's Heavy Water. So, the winner for Best Rap in a Supporting Role is Def C, Faces of Death. The bar that gets me every time with this track is why look over the metrics when I can open dimensions. That just says it all. Def C's verse here is so damn confident and so damn mean over this dirty ass beat from messiah music def c is in a zone spitting with a ferocious energy that showcases such lyrical prowess and such a commanding delivery which are staples of the def c experience at this point moving on to beat of the year first nominee is Fly Anakin, Love Song Come Back, produced by Foise. Billy Woods, Fever Grass, produced by Messiah Music. Bunny Chow by Elucid, produced by Seb Bash. Kendrick Lamar, Savior, produced by a lot of people here. So we got Rascal, Mario Luciano, Cardo, JLBS or J Pounds, Soundwave. Kendrick Lamar himself, and Johnny Giuliano. Next, we have Larry June's Breakfast in Monaco, produced by The Alchemist. And then finally, Shrapnel's A Tribe All Stressed, produced by Child Actor. The winner for Beat of the Year is Bunny Chow, produced by Seb Bash. Man, Seb Bash absolutely blew me away every single time I heard a beat from him in 2022. He had a fantastic year, but Bunny Chow was his crown jewel. As Elucid explained when I interviewed him last summer, a lot of what we hear in this beat is manual. There's live chops and sound manipulation that Seb is doing, and I think that's just brilliant. 
it really adds to how natural and kind of organic this song is. There's a really cool groove and distinct swing that is so funky and odd and just provides an amazing pocket for a lucid to go crazy over. Next category, we have Song of the Year. So first up, first nominee, Billy Woods, Remorseless. Billy Woods again, with No Hard Feelings. Sadistic and No, with Where You Want Me. Kendrick Lamar, with Mother Eye Sober. Next, I have Elucid with Spelling, and then Elucid again, with Bunny Chow. And the winner for Song of the Year is... Billy Woods, Remorseless. It's a freedom in admitting it's not going to get better. If I had a category for line of the year, that would be it. As I recounted in my original review for Atheops, this song, Remorseless, struck such a nerve that it made me bawl my eyes out the night that this album first dropped and I was listening to this song. The reason for this was simple. As he does successfully throughout this record and particularly well on this song, Woods connects you, the listener, with a history, a lineage of generational trauma and the effects that it had on the world at large and the people who were directly affected by it. Atop a preservation instrumental that embodies this feeling of a beautifully tragic death. Not only is Remorseless my song of the year, but it also could very well be the best song of Wood's entire, entire career. Now, we move to our second last individual category, Producer of the Year. First nominee, we got Iceberg Theory. Next, we have Child Actor. After that, we have Seb Bash. Next, we got Preservation, The Alchemist, No Face, and then finally, Messiah Music. The winner for the second time in a row, Messiah Music. The sounds in a Messiah Music beat can vary tremendously. Church's sound was defined by full-bodied drums in a spacey, mind-bending atmosphere while secondhand account sound was defined by its rugged and really raw attitude. Even outside his fully produced albums, his production placements on other records showcase a similar degree of versatility. You want pretty, you want dark, you want psychedelic, Messiah can do it all. Because no matter what style of beat he chooses to work towards, that warm and toasty texture remains a hallmark in every single thing Messiah Music makes. Now, understanding that there were other amazingly talented candidates to choose from for this award in 2022, just ask yourself this. In 2022, did you hear a bad Messiah Music beat? Did you hear a mediocre Messiah Music beat? Or was every single thing this guy touched either great or complete sonic perfection? Speaking for myself, of course, the answer to these questions are abundantly clear. Messiah Music is my clear choice for 2022's Producer of the Year. All right, now we're at our final individual award, Rapper of the Year. First nominee, we have Boldy James. Next, we have Billy Woods. Following that, we have Elucid, AJ Suede, and Prem Rock. So, the winner for Rapper of the Year 2022, for the second time in his illustrious career, Billy Woods nabs his second Rapper of the Year award. Maybe due to age life experience, or an ever-sharpening pen, I don't think the music of Billy Woods has ever succeeded so well in conveying emotion than it has in 2022. There's an element of humanity in his writing that has become so poignant and so evocative 
culminating with two of his most emotionally heavy records ever in Athiopes and Church. Woods has mastered this ability to concisely distill complex social commentary and bits of personal reflection, not in a dry, clinical way, but in a remarkably genuine fashion that strikes a nerve, capturing the true weight of real life, whether it stems from societal ills, loss, or heartbreak. Wood's writing is transcendent. It's clever, yet not overly obtuse. Witty, yet maintains an emotionally open and honest vulnerability that is awe-inspiring and makes me feel something every single time. Okay, so now we're at the meat and potatoes of this award show, and that is my favorite albums of 2022. Just as I did for last year's RMPPs, I once again structured this year's list in categories based on the vibe or style I believe they fit in, so that at least the ranking is relevant between the projects in that category, and we're not comparing apples to oranges. So there are several categories covering 125 albums in total, including some honorable mentions. As I mentioned in the intro, preparing for this episode and specifically the top albums piece really showed me how significantly my overall mind state and mood dictates what I gravitate towards musically. As you'll see, the amount of albums skew pretty heavily towards the mind activation and grown person rap categories and less or so towards the fun in the sun category because my mind just wasn't there for the most part. My vibe this year, other than a, a main kind of isolated moment being that kind of summer of 2022, was much more introspective and focused on understanding myself and also was just a bit darker than in years past, if I'm being honest, which inevitably saw me gravitate towards albums that centered around themes of honesty and vulnerability, something that has turned into a bit of a key focus in terms of my own self-improvement and something that you'll hear me as a concept reference time and time again as we go through these lists of albums. So without further ado, I'll start with some honorable mentions, but I want to point out that this full list will be available on my website in the episode page for this episode that'll have all of these albums and all of the previous award nominees listed out for your reference. Okay, so honorable mentions, I'll start with Sankofa with BLKTCHP2. I have YL and Idris, The Hills Have Eyes, DJ Preservation, 1974, Love Ulysses, 61,265,147, Yes, that's the album title. <laughs> and finally, Mickey Diamond, No Liquor Before 12. Okay, so moving on to the first main category, we have sub 17. So these are projects that are 17 minutes or less. And that's about it. So at number five, I have Ural Droog with Yodney Dangerfield. Amongst a slew of projects that varied in quality, the Yodney record here was a standout in Droog's 2022 output with focused rhymes, nice features, and well-selected beats. At four, I have Samir Truth and J-Words with Loading. Samir Truth linking up with electronic dance hip-hop producer phenom J-Words was a match made in heaven. These songs have great rhythm and fantastic performances from Samira that is well worth your time. At three, I have Stick Figure and Conductor Williams, Valley of Dry Bones. The follow-up collab to their terrific LP from 2021 continued their long streak of great chemistry with an EP that's jam-packed with interesting beats and interesting raps. At two, I have Davis and Foul Monk with Plum Whiskey. In such a short amount of time, Davis and Foul really impressed me with how they created a world that's zany and soulful, and it's just very immersive. 
Davis sounds so at home and in control lyrically, and Foul Monk does an impeccable job creating a unique musical atmosphere. And number one for the sub-17 category, we have a Kai Solo body feeling. The prelude to Akai's debut Backwoods LP was a sign of things to come with colorful left field production and typically smart lyricism that complements the main course that is spirit roaming tremendously. Okay, moving on now to the majors. These are major label albums from rap's mainstream artists. Very simple category. So, at number eight, I have Freddie Gibbs, Soul Sold Separately. Seven, I have Valley with Vocabulary. At six, I have Pusha T, It's Almost Dry. At number five, I have Jid, The Forever Story. Jid's long-awaited return to the game showcased his versatility, sporting something like 542 beat switches, and a nice variety of hard raps as well as incorporating R&B and soul flavors that clearly reflect his time as part of Spillage Village. Very solid album. At four, we have Earl Sweatshirt, Sick. Another very long-awaited return to the game with Earl, and he didn't settle on giving us uh, some rap songs too. Instead, he selected beats that are more hard-edged and gritty, produced by the likes of Black Noise, The Ravda, and The Alchemist, giving a textured and interesting soundscape for his impressive and usually introspective and honest raps. At number three, I have Vince Staples, Ramona Park Broke My Heart. Vince gave us his most complete album yet with this one, finally showcasing the growth that I've been dying to see in the songwriting and album structure departments. With some of his catchiest songs ever and his most consistent record in terms of theme and sequencing, Ramona Park is really just fantastic and Vince at his most mature and refined. At two, I have SZA with SOS. SZA's open heart and spirit is the hallmark for her latest album, SOS. Beautifully balancing R&B and pop rap, SZA's versatile, elastic performances make for some of the most undeniable tunes that I can remember so consistently being featured on one album. The lyrical depth ensures there is substance backing these catchy earworms, making SOS one of the most emotionally moving albums I've heard in such a damn long time. But now, at number one for the majors, I have Kendrick Lamar, Mr. Morale, and The Big Steppers. TDE tops the majors category with Kendrick's double-disc epic. His unflinching, raw self-examination of his various vices and missteps and unhealthy views on the world is downright courageous. Wading in the murky waters of some very sensitive and hot-button topics, absolutely unafraid of the consequences. The production, too, is arguably the most progressive sound a Kendrick album has ever sported. Morale is highly ambitious, with many powerful standout tracks that flex his thoughtful lyricism and increasingly strong songwriting capabilities. Man, this album was well worth the five-plus year wait. Moving on now to our next category, we have Fun in the Sun, albums that can lift your spirits and maybe even make you laugh. At number five, I have $2 Will and Blood Blixing with Butte Beer 2, Alcoholics Anonymous. The sequel to one of my absolute favorite records of 2021 is just another, another fun and entertaining piece of work filled with hilarious non sequiturs from $2 Will and creative hard edge production from Blood Blixing. At number four, I have Hajino and Dunscat, Go Climb a Tree. The album that kicked off the backwoods domination of 2022 was this multi-talented Dunscap and Hajino record who made a strong impression on me as a producer this year with his work on the record with Lord Queso, More Chores. But focusing on Go Climb a Tree, it's a very colorful listen that keeps you on your toes with 
oddball sensibilities that makes Dunscap a rapper that's very easy to connect with and wrap your arms around as a listener. At number three, I have Action Bronson, Coco Drio Turbo. Action saw a nice resurgence in 2022 after a few years of albums that didn't fully connect where Action kind of just felt like he wasn't fully invested in rapping. But on Coco Drio, he's back to being as off the wall and ridiculous with his references, creating that larger than life comical persona over some of the best beats he's ever chosen that are highly psychedelic and creative, which complement the somewhat low-key monster beast concept the album follows very nicely. At number two, I have $2 Will again, this time with Iceberg Theory, Butte Chips 2. $2 Will does as he did last year and has multiple spots in this category with his follow-up to 2021's Butte Chips 1 that improves on its predecessor in every aspect. Will's verses feature more funny punchlines, creative lyrical references this time around, and Iceberg Theory's production reaches campy heights in a way that was so damn hard to pull off, but he absolutely did it. This record is so, so much fun. And at number one, for the fun in the sun category, I have Larry June, Spaceships on the Blade. Larry June caught my ear this year with a handful of projects I really liked, but it was Spaceships that took everything to another level for me and my appreciation for Larry overall. I feel like Larry June is what Wiz Khalifa would have been had he aged and matured, but still felt a desire to stay true to his rap roots versus chasing commercial success. Because June's easy breezy demeanor is infectious, as he dominates this luxurious West Coast sound perfectly. There's many catchy hooks, impeccable beats, as well as some measured perspective from one of underground rap's most successful acts. This album was one of my most played of 2022, and I'm hoping with some time passing and me getting some things together in my personal life that Spaceships on the Blade can once again make me feel like a million bucks because it's truly so much fun to listen to and such a great record. Next, we move to the feels category. Albums that get you in your feels. So at number eight, I have Short Fuse, The Painkiller Boutique. At seven, Mavi, Laughing So Hard It Hurts. Six, I got Vic Spencer, Psychological Cheat Sheet 3. At five, I have Teddy Faley with Teddy Brown Brown. Teddy Faley's striking honesty and never-ending depth to his introspection mixed in with his dry wit is a very special combination that meshed really nice with the dark production. At number four, Sadistic and No with Bring Me Back When the World is Cured. After first linking up on the nice but ultimately short Phantom Limbs a few years ago, these two finally gave us a fulsome serving of that melancholy darkness they do so well. Sadistic is a very, very skilled writer and lyrical technician, and he's a perfect fit for these spaced out moody productions from No, with a few stellar standouts that were among my favorite of the year. At number three, I have Rich Jones and Iceberg Theory, Smoke Detector. This album is one of the most diverse albums I heard all year, and I'm sure you will as well if you haven't heard it yet. With Rich Jones' thoughtful rhymes and soothing voice making all of this flow like water. At times, he's delivering straightforward raps, at other times he's singing and it all works so well. Iceberg Theory's beats range from jazz rap to synth pop ballads and it all somehow clicks perfectly. At number two, I have Little Sims, No Thank You. Sims surprised us with a full-length follow-up to the extravagantly grand Simbi in the final month of 2022 and damn did she deliver. On No Thank You, she's in an absolute zone with the most cutting and raw lyrical performance of her entire career. Unlike Simbi, No Thank You revels in a bit more simplicity with production that dials back the larger than life grand sounds and focuses more on giving space for Sims to just rap and rap she does. She gets a lot off her chest on No Thank You. 
And at number one, topping the feels category, I have Andrew, the rain knows what it's doing. I feel 100% confident when I say that the sound of Andrew is like no other. Production is hip hop, but it uses blues rock as the musical bedrock for the sampling and as a performer, his knack for melody is remarkable and makes these songs stick in your brain with ease, where he's seamlessly rapping for sure, but weaving in melody to where you kind of almost lose track of if he is truly rapping or singing. It The point is, it doesn't matter. Above all, it's the introspection that feels so human and real and is the glue for this record. I deeply connect with the way Andrew acknowledges his insecurities and fears, but ultimately delivers a message of hope and calm that I just can't get enough of. Now we move to the For the Soul category. These are albums that are dripping in soul and wholesome vibes, which can hopefully help ground you. At number 15, I have Avondale Bowling Club Trees. At 14, I have Z Looper's Get Wet Radio. 13, Josh the Author and Swamp Thug, MON. 12, Zilla Rocca and Andrew, Don't Wait for Me to Leave. 11, Chung, See You When I See You. 10, Miles Cook, I Used to Feel Things. 9, Big Chico, Blockberry White. 8, Lord Queso, More Shores. 7, Elzai and Georgia Ann Muldrow, Zeitgeist. 6, I got the Koreatown Oddity, Is This For Real? And then at 5, I have Mike, Beware of the Monkey. Mike adds to a catalog of soulful records with another strong slice of self-produced wholesome goodness. I particularly appreciate the vocal sample choices and guest vocalists that gave this album a ton of ear candy, as well as the typically sincere... Mike, who just does another great job of conveying his emotions in a very thoughtful and articulate way. At four, I have Saba with Few Good Things. So I hold the unpopular opinion that this is actually his best record, not Care For Me. Not only does he maintain his smart brand of lyricism that we got on the past record, but the songwriting and beat selection took a monumental leap and gave this album a great deal of replay value and has me coming back for more. At number three, I have Rap Ferreira, Five to the Eye with Stars. Ferreira's latest album is one of his most complete and focused albums of his entire career. There's a beautiful balance of diverse sounds that are also very cohesive at the same time that Ferreira pulls off with absolute razor sharp precision he just sounds so free, confident, and fully in control. At number two, I have Quelly Chris, Death Fame. The Detroit legend once again continued his run of excellence with the subtle and low-key Death Fame. This album is intimate. It's got a lot of soul and is a grounding listen due to Quelly's reflective subject matter. The beats have that dusty charm Quelly's work has been known for, but my main takeaway is how this album makes me feel, which is deeply calm. And at number one for the soul category, we have Fly Anakin, Frank. Frank feels like a coronation for an artist that's already seen his career go to another level with the amazing and well-received Fly Sifus with Pink Sifu. But Frank relies on Anakin and Anakin only this time around with very scant features, allowing for him to provide the clearest picture of who the man behind the raspy, dizzying rhymes really is. The beat selection here is unimpeachable, and Anakin opens up the most he ever has on Wax with some of his best performances so far in his career. Frank cements Anakin's status as a rising star in the underground who is only getting better with age and showing no signs of letting up. All right, moving on to our next category, we have grown person raps, music that really hits those mature themes of adulthood, growing up, growing old. 
So number 24, we have Jesse the Tree, Pigeon Man. 23, Sleep Sinatra and Don Carrera, Excalibur. 22, I got Sequence, Chameleon. 21, Sleep Sinatra and Obliv, Shadow Self. 20, Teller Banks, Skullface, 666. 19, I have Raz Fresco and Nicholas Craven with Boulangerie. 18, Nas, King's Disease 3. 17, Teller Banks and Ed Glorious, The I and I. 16, Domo Genesis and Evidence, Intros, Outros, and Interludes. 15, Kill Von Guard, I Think I've Lost It. 14, Black Star, No Fear of Time. 13, Solar 5 and Iceberg Theories, Memento Mori. 12, Mr. Motherfucking Esquire, I Love You Cause You Ugly, Volume 1. 11, Tokyo Cigar and August Fanon's Lexus Money. 10, Shirt, I Turn Myself Into Myself. 9, Blood Money Perez, Curses. 8, Sleep Sinatra and 8 Biza, Spirit Box. 7, Vic Spencer and Dr. Mindbender, Still Here. And then at 6, Raz Fresco, Marvelous Right Wrist. And then 5, Guys Guvara, There Will Be No Super Slave. Geist made a lot of new fans in 2022 with Super Slave, myself included. This project is highly creative with some very strange sample work that draws from Chipmunk's soul and R&B and some of the most defiantly radical lyrical content you'll hear all year. This is just a unique record that you have to hear for yourself. At four, Lupe Fiasco, Drill Music in Zion. Lupe dropped what I consider one of his sneaky best projects of his illustrious career. Made within a very condensed period of time with producer soundtrack, this album sees Lupe dial back the complexity and raps more straightforward. While maintaining the lyrical depth he's been known for, Drill Music is an intimate and extremely cohesive record. At number three, Blood Money Perez and Messiah Music, Secondhand Accounts. One of the two collaborative records involving Messiah showcases a different side of the Messiah sound, sporting a sonic blueprint that is hard-nosed and gritty and a lot rougher around the edges than what you may have heard from Messiah on his recent Backwoods placements. Lyrically, Blood Money Perez gives us a fantastic set of smart, no BS verses that sound great being delivered through his gruff and commanding voice. On number two, we have Open Mike Eagle, a tape called Component System with the Auto Reverse. After a couple projects that didn't fully grab me, Mike's return to rap after a brief hiatus and supposed flirtation with retirement was great. Mike came through with a very interesting perspective on the music industry, growing old as a successful indie artist who has been through and seen a lot personally and professionally. He also flexes his OG status enlisting some very big name features that worked well. And musically, he picked beats that are similarly left field like he's been known for, but also allow him to flex his technical chops as a rapper with some beats that veer into boom bap from the likes of Diamond D that work fantastically. Component System is a nice late career gem from Open Mike Eagle and amongst his absolute best. And at number one, for the grown person raps category. I have Luca Raw Extractions. As he did last year, the Memphis Phenom added another great project to his discography and topped this same exact category once again. Following a well-executed concept that saw Luca delve into the good and bad sides of people, Luca's ability to articulate complex ideas with clear conviction amazing flows and energy it just blows me away every time in many ways raw extractions is a progression from that dark and drum rich sound we got on the last luca record why look up but now sounds even bigger and more cinematic raw extractions features some of the most robust displays of writing of his entire career and proves luca's still improving and will be an absolute force in the rap game for years to come we're at our next category now, which is grimy shit. Albums that are gritty and hard as fuck. At number 21, we have Doof with Doofus Can't Read. Wi-Fi God, Chain of Command, number 20. 
19, Esty Knack and Grubby Paws, I Wanna Fuck Carmen Hayes. At 16, we have Obi-Wan and Young Morpheus, Slang Casino. 15, Jaw King, The Divine, Black Sun Tzu. 14, Mike Shab, Suicide 2. 13, we have Mayhem Loren and Derringer, Black Vladimir. At 12, we have Ace Cannons and Mighty Healthy, Mighty Cannons. 11, we have Noah, The Flood, and Bombay to Realist, The Expedition. At 10, we have Mike Shab, Bow Clean World. 9, Ty Ferris and Seb Bash, Fluorescent Mud. 8, Vic Spencer and Small Professor, Mudslide. At 7, Rome Streets, Kiss the Ring. 6, Knowledge the Pirate and Big Ghost Limited, Wolves Don't Eat with Shepherds. And then at 5, we have Conway the Machine, God Don't Make Mistakes. This is Conway's most emotionally transparent and complete album, from beats to songwriting to the variety of tracks. And he showcases this versatility, giving you that same grimy Griselda feel we all love from him, but doing this with some emotional vulnerability on the title track and stressed in particular, that is definitely something new from the machine, not necessarily in general, but with this degree of frequency on one given album. And I left this album really being quite impressed because of it. At number four, we have Willie the Kid and V-Don, Deutschmarks 3. Willie the Kid is one of those rappers that could be saying literally anything on a beat and I'd tune in no matter what. He has a way with words and a knack for crafting such elastic and sticky flows. I just love the way he approaches rap. And production-wise, V-Don is terrific. V-Don delivered with a beautifully cinematic set of instrumentals that give this album a very nice, luxurious, yet gritty feel. At number three, I have Young Morpheus and the Ravda, Up Against the Wall, A Degree of Lunacy. Young Morpheus has slowly become one of my favorite rappers, and him teaming up with the Ravda was a perfect match. The sample-rich production gives Morph nice pockets for him to work in with his cold and calculated delivery. It's a really great fit all around. At number two, we have Benny the Butcher, Tanatalk 4. I hold a very unpopular opinion that front to back, this is better than Tanatalk 3, or at bare minimum is right in line with that record. The main reason being Benny's pen. It is just never been better. And the subject matter too shows significant growth and makes these songs resonate more on repeated listens because he's saying things and talking about subjects that connect with me just a bit more. And at number one for the grimy shit category, we have Blood Blixing, NBA Streets Gangsta Edition. Blood Blixing has been a star in the underground for a nice little while now, but this right here, NBA Streets, is his magnum opus thus far. The spectrum of sounds we get here is like throwback 80s feeling breakbeats, in-your-face noise anthems, left-field dark shit, more traditional anthemic boom-bap joints, warped R&B type joints too. The production work is incredible, but these rap features too all come to play with quality performances from the likes of AJ Swade, Billy Woods, Link Lone, Raheem Supreme, Def C, which somehow all keep this basketball theme that the album has going too. And on top of that, Blix himself gives us his best raps of his career, capped off by the closing track that is the most powerful song so far that I've heard from him. NBA Streets is an amazing album and one of the best of the year. All right, we're moving to our second last category now, Lyrical Wizardry, albums that dazzle with their command of the English language and their ability to paint lyrical pictures. At number 15, I have Link Lone, Psychological Damage. 14, Raheem Supreme, Dogon Sirius. 13, Homeboy Sandman, Still Champion. 12, Marlo with Marlo 3. 11, Wrecking Crew, Sedale Threat. 10, Boldy James and Future Wave, Mr. 1008. 9, Jackie Scan, 22222. 8, Concept Jackson, HDR, Volume 1, The Legend of Tawny Tone. 7, Danger Mouse and Black Thought, Cheat Codes. 
Six, AJ Swade and Small Professor, 100 Year Darkness. Number five, Ka, Woeful Studies. Part of the surprise double album release, Ka's Woeful Studies sees Ka do some different things flow-wise at times, which was a cool change of pace. But overall, this is a same old, same old Ka record, and that I mean that in a good way. Excellent, thoughtful rhymes, serene, minimalist production, and ridiculous wordplay. At four, we have Def C and Boathouse for all debts, public and private. Def C continued his run of excellence with this Boathouse collaboration, and it worked fantastically because Boathouse's production was so open. There were big drums and large cavernous atmospheres that were created for Def C, and goddamn did he flex just how good of a rapper he can be. At three, we have Boldy James and Nicholas Craven, Fair Exchange No Robbery. First off, I just want to say I hope Boldy James is doing well and recovering from his accident. Definitely sending you well wishes. But going to this record, I originally wasn't sure if this collab would honestly work due to Craven's loop-heavy, more low-key style, given that Boldy has been a rapper who's historically benefited from more variety in his production. But wow, Craven. He put together a nice tapestry of exquisitely chosen samples that do have a lot of diversity, actually. And on Boldy's side, he showed his great lyricism, like always, but songwriting with some very, very sticky hooks that hit home for me. This is a top three Boldy James album and the best set of instrumentals Nicholas Craven has ever crafted on a single project. I just can't get enough of this. At two... I have Ka once again with Languish Arts. This is the other half of Ka's double album experience, and it was my favorite by far from him this year. A similar sound was used that we've come to expect from Ka, but it's the sheer lyrical brilliance from Ka that once again amazes me. The way he can communicate real nuggets of wisdom in ways that no other rapper has ever thought of is something that shouldn't come so easy to one man so often, but with Ka, it just does. Languish Arts is one of his, actually, his best records. I'd say it's maybe not in top three, top five, but it's it's definitely really threatening those. This is a very concise, quality piece of work. And at number one for the lyrical wizardry category, we have Rock Marciano and the Alchemist, The Elephant Man's Bones. The godfather of much of the underground teamed up with The Alchemist for one of, if not the most anticipated album of this past year, and maybe of the past several years in the underground. And somehow, Elephant Man's Bones exceeded my expectations. Alchemist chose to dig into his luxurious bag of sounds with beats that are subtle, beautifully detailed, that feature elegant keys and enough groove to give Marcy that kind of subtle pocket he does so well in. And as a lyricist, Rock Marcy flexed his ever-improving pen and confident swagger throughout this record, making it not only the top in this category, but also the top for his entire catalog, as this is my favorite Rock Marciano album, period. Okay, now we're moving to our final category. This is Mind Activation, music that melts your mind and pushes lyrical and musical boundaries. And full disclosure, although I'm not ranking these albums as a total top 125, I just have to say that this category had like 90% of the top 15 or top 10. So just keep that in mind as we go through this. Okay, at number 23, I have Milk and Televangel, Neutral Milk Motel. At 22, I have Jeff Marquis, Sports and Leisure. 21, Rice Langston, Grapefruit Radio. 20, Mantis the Miasma and Tokyo Cigar, Kamakiri Clouds. 19, Al Davino and Esty Knack, Glitch. 18, Frankie Jack's Nomad, Sex, I Don't Have Money, I Don't Make. 17, I have Silk Money's I Don't Give a Fuck. I'll just short form the album title there. At 16, I have Zope Belafonte, formerly known as Kinsey Babyface Perlis with King Cake. 15, Occam's Blazer, self-titled. 14, I have Iblis with Raja's Son. 13, I have Germicide and the Expert, The Overview Effect. 12, 
Joshua Virtue, Rama. 11, AJ Swade, Oil on Canvas. 10, Moore Mother, Jazz Codes. 9, Infinity Knives and Brian Ennels, King Cobra. At 8, I have Fatboy Sharif and No Face, Preaching in Havana. 7, I have AJ Swade and Televangel, Metatron's Cube. And from this point on, I just have to note, you may notice a bit of a trend. Not my fault, just how the how the cards fell this year. At 6, I have Arm & Hammer, White Label. 5, Akai Solo, Spirit Roaming. Akai's Backwoods debut welcomed that steady executive producer hand from Billy Woods, and it resulted in the best album of Akai's entire career. Beat Selection was a who's who of the elite underground producers with a sound elevated by that Willie Green mix and mastering experience. Akai's lyricism is confident. It's introspective in a way that only he can pull off with unique references and a heavy philosophical and spiritual foundation that differentiates Akai from the pack. At number four, we have Shrapnel with Metal Lung. Curly Castro and Premrock took everything to another level with Metal Lung. The production is truly one of a kind, sounding like you're floating in space as the world burns and falls apart around you. And the chemistry. The chemistry between these two has never been better, seeing them trade bars with furious energy on the intro, weaving their way through incredibly psychedelic instrumentals throughout this project, which makes... Metal Lung, an absolute slam dunk example of world building in music. The Metal Lung album experience is an experience that is uniquely its own. At number three, we have Billy Woods and Messiah Music Church. So throughout the years within the historical references, socio-political commentary, and dry humor, Woods has given us many pieces of his own personal life as well. But on church, he looks even more inward this time, delivering his most introspective and vulnerable work yet. Recounting stories surrounding a love that was lost, that's emotionally stirring and melancholy, all delivered in an especially non-sequitur and free-flowing way, where ideas come in and out freely, blending perfectly with the smoked-out atmosphere of Messiah Music's excellent production, Amongst the storied discography, I can comfortably say that Church has a place atop my personal top five Solo Woods records. And at number two, for the mind activation category, I have Elucid with I Told Bessie. After the success and elevated profile of Arm & Hammer and the Backwoods crew as a whole since 2020-2021, Elucid had a chance to seize the moment with his next long-awaited solo album. And wow, did he do that. He absolutely did that and hit it out the park with I Told Bessie. Elucid fully refined his style of abstract, free-flowing lyricism that makes his raps truly feel like he's casting spells, attacking these fantastic psychedelic and ethereal beats with such a firm command of his voice, communicating his thoughtful perspective with ease. As I said in the review of this album, it sounds like he's delivering these hooks like they're mantras. It's just phenomenal. I Told Bessie is one of the best albums of the decade. Truly, it is. And it would be number one in this category in any other year if it wasn't for his Arm & Hammer counterpart. So that gets us to the number one album of the Mind Activation category, but also the entirety of 2022. I will say this is my actual album of the year as well so the winner of this award is billy woods atheops more than anything i feel the lasting impression of atheops for me is how tension is maintained throughout the record although there are your usual witty quips and dry comedic levity from time to time Atheops feels remarkably urgent. This comes through from Woods and his masterfully impassioned delivery on tracks like No Hard Feelings and the unapologetically cutting-edge, worldly sonic palette from Preservation's production that is 
brilliantly fascinating and accentuates the mood of every song. When you finish Atheops and progress past Remorseless and the closer Smith and Cross, it feels like a weight has been lifted. Like the sonic equivalent of writing down your thoughts to process one's emotions. Atheops connects the dots between past and present, not only sharing a healthy dose of thoughtful perspective, but exposes the listener to a sense of raw and lasting trauma in a way that is downright cathartic and gives me goosebumps every single time I listen to it. Atheops is the most captivating and fully realized album of Woods's entire career. Okay, so that concludes the third annual RMPPs. I gotta say that I'm very happy with where this show is now and where it's gonna go from here. And I know that if I can get my personal life under control and develop a more consistently sustainable, healthy mind state, I'll be able to push this thing to much bigger heights in 2023, which means some bigger guests coming in the near future. Some already are in the works. I just can't tell you right now, but I know you will love them. I want to thank every single one of you for listening to this show, whether this is your first time tuning in or your 132nd time. Same goes for any artist there that has shared their music with me to get me to listen to it or just shared it out of pure love or anybody that's came onto the show as a guest. Your your support and your engagement with what I do here is really, really, truly something I am grateful for and it keeps me going. Finally, I want to give a special shout out to the RMPP Patreon crew made up of fellow artists, music journalists, and avid music fans who have been so great and really turned this group into a thriving community that we can all turn to to talk music, of course, but also sports, movies, TV, or just life in general, aka things you'd talk to typically with your friends in general. This wasn't something I expected to happen, but... I'm truly, truly thankful for this group and how genuine the connection has been. It's really felt great getting to know so many other passionate music listeners from across the whole globe who just so happen to be genuinely good people as well. So if you'd like to join this group and join this growing community, hit up the RMPP Patreon by searching us online or hitting the link in the show's notes. And with that, I'll send you off with a little snippet of a track that shows up on the album of two patrons, Mantis the Miasma and Slumber Logic, who created the first song that will make up the eventual RMPP mixtape titled Mental Fortress, featuring many other patrons of the show and just talented artists in general. Enjoy. RMPP, all up in that ass, yo. Floating through the flooded market on the carcasses of charlatans who barking up the bonsai of the fictional and farcical. Sponge carp, big pond, bigger fish to fry, eviscerate, and the fish of price don't yield the ROI, so. Peep the RMPP, smorgasbord, turn the horror, the horror to please, can I have some more, sir? Eh, I'ma need something from you, a gushing review, and keep your fingers out of my suit. Alert, alert, couple rappers got murked to per bird by bird. I twist words, my eye third, or oh, what the world I heard. See, I would burn, work it into a quilt. Just move herd by herd, forget guilt. Spit venom, hey, seven days, and this the world God built. Penmanship, poetic praise, a preacher will not quit. Unique curse, encrypted deep in the verse. Do not blink to walk the ocean just to watch the theologian sink. So there we have it, another episode of the Rap Music Plug podcast presented by QLC TV. I hope this episode gave you some new perspectives and insights into what the greatest art form known to man in hip-hop music has to offer. If you want to support the show in the most meaningful way possible, it would be my absolute honor to have you as a patron in the new Rap Music Plug podcast Patreon. Through this Patreon, you will be getting exclusive content such as bonus episodes, exclusive album recommendations, exclusive playlists, early access to episodes, 
and more. And above all though, you will be able to support the show directly in a way that will not only justify the crazy amount of time I spend on this show already, but allow me to cover some of the expenses related to supporting all of these great artists that we cover on the show through the website and will allow us to sustain and build on this amazing growth that the RMPP has experienced recently. So if you have any questions about any of the Patreon stuff or just want to keep tabs on the show, interact with me on rap music and all the great stuff that we can talk about, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at rapmusicplugpod or shoot me an email at qlctv.podcast at gmail.com. You can also rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts and subscribe on YouTube and Spotify as well. But that's enough self-promotion for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Peace.